on this episode of Team Building Saves the World. So you're filling your airwaves with like all the good that's going on in the company. That makes people feel good. What's the employee side of all of this? I mean, employee feels value. They feel um, they feel like, oh, this person cares about me and I'm not going to leave for a quarter. Yeah, the higher ups are the higher ups are going through a pretty big learning curve right now. (laughs) (laughs) So your hiring issues um, start to go away and your retention issues and profitability then goes whoop, and that's what it's all about. old friend Rich Rinnensland, host of Team Building Saves the World, the show where I speak to the leaders and innovators of the team building industry from all across the globe, trying to find out what about that industry is so important, especially in the world of today. And today, we're looking at the important topic of employee development and coaching up employees with CEO of Human Power Solutions, Sandra Kearney. But first, I need to share some love with my supporters at Team Bonding. If your team is ready to experience teamwork through the power of play, then visit teambonding.com to learn more. Now, team, join me in welcoming a woman who has made a career assisting corporations to increase profitability through holistic success solutions. The CEO of Human Power Solutions is Sandra Kearney. Hello, Sandra. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you today? Well, thanks, Rich. It's great to great to be on, and I love the chair dancing. It's really fun. Oh, thank yes, yeah. Well, I yeah. do. I consider myself a professional. That was very good. Yeah. <laughs> so, can we start <laughs> off, please? Just tell my team uh, who you are and and how you got involved in this industry. Sure, sure. Uh, I'm Sandy Kearney, and I'm the CEO of Human Power Solutions, and we do corporate training and development in a way that is very different from other other corporate training uh, providers. We tailor make our curriculum. We're not death by PowerPoint. And we're very much into companies and employees participating in the process and learning from each other and just having us come in and and facilitate some really great content. So let's start off right there. First off, can we explain to everybody what employee development actually is? Sure, sure. It's it's our our company. Our main goal for our company is in, is improving people's essential skills or quote unquote soft skills, and it's helping people develop leadership skills, communication styles, being able to resolve conflicts, time management, all the things that are the intangibles that actually increase employees' engagement in the company as well as their productivity. So the more skills and tools that they have to use, the better off that the company is going to be and the longer the employee is going to stay in their in their respective employers with their, with their employers. Which is, of course, the most important prospect. I mean, can you explain to us when an employee decides to leave a company, what happens to that company thereafter? Well, first of all, it's really expensive to... Mm hire and find and recruit and train and to have someone leave after a year, you are just throwing money out the window. So that's the first thing off the bat. When that employee leaves, it, it creates a void in wherever wherever they were, whether they were sweeping the floors or you right. know running running all the financials. It doesn't matter where people are in the organization. Anyone that leaves an organization leaves some sort of a void where they are. And it also starts to just kind of start to get rid like the 
motivation, the morale, everything starts to kind of go down um, as people are leaving. So, you know, obviously some people aren't the right fit. They're, you know, right. on the wrong bus, right? That, that's normal. <laughs> but if, but if good people are leaving your company, you, you got to take a look and see where, what's going on. Sure. Cause you're not only just talking about, I have to now find somebody to replace them. You're talking about the hours of training. You're talking, I mean, plus you've got the, that previous employee had so much skill that they have been bringing to the show. And now mm -hmm. I have to, I have to wait until the new employee gets up to that level. So yeah, it can cost like thousands. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the studies are out there, but not only that, <laughs> it's the relationships too, right? Mm -hmm. So you lose someone and, and they, and there's a lot of relationships. So our company, we do a lot of processes. We do a lot of that, but we, we focus a lot on employee culture and that engagement and the relationships in our companies and leading authentically and having emotional intelligence, all those buzzwords that you're hearing. Sure. It's, it is so so true right now what's happening. The, the leading skill that leaders need right now is empathy. And we're not seeing much of it. <laughs> okay, so what had we been seeing? Because the idea of keeping your employees isn't new by any stretch of the imagination. But of course, along with COVID and then the bailout solutions and so on and so forth that had happened over the past year, we're seeing a lot of people who have just decided they need to change careers, that their career path has gone off on a different direction. Yeah, if you if you uh, Google the uh, the Great Resignation, mm -hmm. that's what's happening. People are leaving because they're finding that they can go somewhere else. They can work remotely if they want to choose rem right. working remotely. They can they can have a flexible schedule. Um, there's no such thing as work life balance. It's a work life blend. Like we can work and live, you know, and we can kind of blend our lives together the way that we want to work. I happen to be a quote unquote empty nester, although my grandkids just moved in with me. So not really, but <laughs> I am an empty nester. And so my hours, I, I like to run my exercise. My peak exercise time is two in the afternoon. Mm. I like to exercise in the afternoon. So I might take a couple hours off and then I'll work until maybe eight o'clock at night, but that's my preference. Okay. Um, if I didn't work for myself, I don't know if my employer would allow me to do that. And that's the thing that the employers need to be doing. They need to be asking what's going to make you most productive you know, mm. how can we help you? How can we support you? Instead of trying to, oh, and we're coming back now. So let's pigeonhole you into, you know, what we're looking for. It's not going to fly anymore. Well, what did we see before, before all of this started to change? I mean, what, what were companies doing in the past that you decided needed to be altered? Yeah, the companies were going to the office. Look at the commute, right? The commute that was right. going on, right? The traffic, people are sitting, they're traveling for training. Uh, they're, you know, even in Boston before, you know, we would mm -hmm. do on-site training all the time. It could never be virtual. If it was virtual, it wasn't working. Okay. And, you know, so we would go in person. So everyone would be traveling from your different locations. They would lose so much time, so much productivity time. Whereas if you could do something effective, interactive, doing things online, even your meetings, mm. you know, it, there's so much technology out there that you can utilize to make it so that it's really interactive. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't do things in person. 100%. I love doing things in person. But there are times that you we don't have to, you can do a leadership training online, virtually, very effectively, team building like you what you guys do mm -hmm. not so much we want to do that in person we want to get people together to be playing together and having a good time so companies should be before they weren't they were just saying this is the way we do it you can come in there's no such thing as hybrid you can't work remotely i don't care if you're a mom i don't care if you're caring for your aging parents this is the hours that was what we were seeing before yeah COVID hits 
Right. Okay. Suddenly we're hearing babies and dogs and, you know, everything, a chaos going on around us. And yep. that was, you know, like, what's all that all about? I remember the last employer I was working for, he was like, you have to wear, you know, you, if you're going to do anything virtually, you, you have to be in a quiet place and there can't be any noise behind you. And, you know, I mean, I got dogs, kids, you know, I mean, it's dogs that are kids. Yeah. Yeah. And now during COVID, we've had a window. We've been able to open up and become people. Mm. Right. So even when I'm talking to a CEO now or a CHR or a VP or, you know, anyone in, who I talk to, if I hear a baby, I'm like, bring them on camera. Let me, let me see that one, you sure. know? And I think with COVID, a lot of bad things happen, but there are some really good things that have come out of COVID. So what's the new methodology? What are you recommending now for clients, uh, your clients rather, who need to help retain their employees or, or make sure their employees are getting the most, not only out of themselves and, you know, for themselves rather, but the most for the company? Uh, listen, ask the question, how you doing? And just shut your mouth. That's really <laughs> You know, and I know that sounds harsh, but that's what people aren't doing. Mm. They're not really listening and, or they might be listening, but they're not hearing. So hear it, process it and have a, have a conversation just because what works for you, Mr. Miss CEO may, may not work for somebody else, but are they producing? I Mm. talked to a young woman who's very, very talented working for an organization in a way, and she was amazing and she left. She's like, I, I had to go. I was told I had to be back in the office. She's like, I've done it for three months. And I don't, I, why should I have to get up and go to the office when I was doing fine? And she was. So people are seeing it. So you have, but you have that. Well, let me give you an example. Like my brother, I have an older brother. He's a father of four. He's a fantastic father, fantastic provider for his family. His company was bought by a new CEO, new, a new board came in and they said, this is the way your life is going to be now. Company comes first, then your family. That's just, if you can't handle that, you have to go. And that was about a decade ago mm-hmm. that that happened. And he seriously sat down with himself and said, I'm a father of four. I can't afford to suddenly go look for a new job. I have to stay. Mm-hmm. What are we seeing nowadays? And, and how, how would you recommend that company change itself? So that company's going to lose a lot of talent. Yeah. Because there are other <laughs> companies out there that are like, I'll take you father of four. And that's, and that's what's happening is uh, the companies that are recognizing that this is actually, that this is actually real. Mm. It's, it's, it's a thing and the talent that's out there and they'll lose their people. And the top talent is going to go to other companies. Mm. So, okay. So what are some steps? What are some processes that, that you can bring to the table? Say now that I'm that manager, I'm that CEO, what have you. And I'm noticing that, yes, I'm starting to lose people. Mm-hmm. Of course, so there's, the, there's the listen that you had mentioned, which is actually it's really hilarious because I was just listening to a therapy podcast earlier today that was all about don't be a fixer, be a listener. Yeah. Because yeah. most people want to do that. When I see that my significant other, my friends, what have you, are hurting, I want to try to fix it for them mm-hmm. instead of just yeah, listening you, to them. If- if you watch, uh, Brene Brown has a really great em- empathy versus sympathy uh, video. So yes. if, you, if you ever Google that, it's it's wonderful. It really shows that people do, you know, want to fix, right? Mm-hmm. And at least uh, you have this, or at least you have that. No, it's it's let's open our ears and just be like, I care, and I'm sorry that you're going through that. You know, how can I help? Kind of thing. But one of the things that we really talk to a lot of our employees about, uh, our employers about, and what we train in our leadership, what we facilitate in our 
leadership sessions is coming together. You know, if you're using Zoom or Slack or if you're using any of those technologies where you can create different channels, one of the things that we that we really highly recommend is creating a good news channel. And the good news channel is really so that managers and, and employees can get some attaboys to people across the organization. So you, you know, someone lands a deal or someone, you know, whatever, it gets a great customer service feedback or whatever, it goes in the good news channel. So you're filling your airwaves with like all the good that's going on in the company that makes people feel good. Hmm. The second thing is, is opening up a channel at nine o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock in the morning, whatever your start time is, um, you know, for work and having a, a, a coffee chat, you know, a little stand up huddle coffee chat, come and grab coffee. Let's talk about the weekend. How'd the Patriots do? Oh, Tom Brady won again. You know, uh, <laughs> Pasternak had a beer at the Red Sox game in the Monster Seas. Oh, no, right? You know, having those kind of conversations and opening up those things. And then opening up a lunch channel and saying, hey, between 12 and 1.30, you know, this channel is going to be open, you know, for lunch. So anyone that's having lunch that wants to kind of sit around and kind of gab, come come on in. So mm-hmm. it's, it's the community, right? So we're talking about community. And then we talk about creating wellness challenges and keeping keeping in touch with people and making sure that we're recognizing some signs of people that are not engaged that used to be engaged and you know we help managers kind of see you know mm-hmm. into kind of what's going on and we've got a whole wellness initiative around that for leaders just to help kind of figure out what's going on with the employees Great. Sandra, this is fantastic. I'm enjoying every moment of this, but I need to take us just a quick second. If you don't mind, I'm going to step away. And tell my team out there about a company I'm very proud to know, Team Bonding. Team Bonding was founded over 20 years ago with one simple question. How can employees have a great time while fostering strong, authentic bonds between people who work together? They've created a catalog of innovative events using the power of play as a learning tool and tapping into the correlation of work and play. From scavenger hunts to Jeopardy and so much more, the Team Bonding of activities, both live, virtual, and hybrid, maximizes the impact of team building with an accent on fun. So visit teambonding.com to schedule your next event now. Team Bonding, when you want seriously fun results. And we're back with Sandy Kearney. Now, Sandy, what are some of these type of processes that you bring to the plate? And more importantly, how do we know when they're working? So, you know, we like to do employee surveys, you know, ahead of time with the employee satisfaction. We also look at the retention rates and the hiring rates. So if they're, you know, and how long jobs are staying open. Because what we really want to measure is you want your company to have a waiting line to get in. Nice. You have to know someone to get in here. Be best in class, best in class in in culture, best in class in environment, and that's really what we strive for. And so we're measuring, we're doing tangible measurements on you know these different factors. Uh, how long does it take you to hire someone? How many candidates? How many viable candidates do you have in the pool? How long do they stay? And that those employee satisfaction surveys are are really important too. Mm. And I think the other thing is we always start off our all of our training initiatives with doing either predictive index assessments or disk assessments or something like that. Because what we like to do is see what the team is comprised of and then be able to tailor the uh, curriculum and what we're going to deliver to the style of that team. Can you give me an example? I mean, is this this something we're seeing largely in the tech field or is this just, you know, finance or marketing or what have you? 
It's everywhere. So okay. we have, you know, we've got everything from transportation companies to home health care to CPA firms, you name it. So it's, it's all across the board. And I think, you know, what we're all in the business is team bonding ourselves mm-hmm. is the people business. People are people. Right. And that's, that's the other thing that we really try to drive home. Just because someone's a CEO doesn't mean that they don't get up in the morning, take a shower, walk their dog, right? We all mm-hmm. do the same thing in the morning. And that's something that we really try to drive home. One of our clients was, they have a couple of owners. They're wonderful, great people. And they started going through trainings and they realized, hey, we were not seeing our employees. So now one of the owners has committed to each week going to each site and talking to each and every one of the employees. Excellent. And, and I was like, that's great because you're leading by example. Now your manager is going to follow suit and have those one-to-ones and take some time to get to know your employees. And I think in the hospitality, the transportation, all that whole arena where you have a very ethnic blend of people, it's very diverse. A lot of times people that don't speak English just kind of come in and get their stuff and they go. Mm. And we're really working with the managers to, you know, use a universal language of eye contact, of body language, of showing that you care, taking a few minutes to, you know, listen carefully, you know, as they're trying to communicate with you. And that's really what it's all about right now. But how do we get there? Like what's some of the development that you actually do have people practice? So we do, we do, we have coaching, we kind of coaching forms. We have questions that we give to our managers, especially the new ones that aren't used to doing this. Mm -hmm. We give them, you know, kind of tips and tools and ways that they can communicate. We make sure that they have follow-up, you know, follow-up dates for meetings. We kind of, we set schedules of, you know, at first you're going to have to follow this, but then it's going to become habit and you're not going to need any of this anymore. So our goal is to get them set up with the processes of we're going to do the nine o'clock meeting. These are the things that we're going to talk about. You know, these are the, these are the subjects that we're going to bring up. We're going to do one-to-one coaching with each one of our employees every month. And these are the questions that we're going to have. We're going to teach our people how to set goals, even if you're driving or if you're a home health aide, or if you're a, you're a CPA, how you all, everybody should have goals. So we teach them how to set goals with their employees and then how to hold them accountable. So the whole thing is about growing coaching, mentoring, and the difference between coaching and mentoring and kind of moving the employees along. Long mm-hmm. so that the companies get everybody gets lifted up, right? Right. I, I was going to say, what is it? What's the employee's side of all of this? I well, mean, employees have value. They feel yeah. um, they feel like, oh, this person cares about me, and I, I I'm not going to leave for a quarter or an extra thousand dollars, right? The grass isn't going to be greener because people don't leave companies because of the money. They leave it because of the culture or the Mm. management. Um, A lot of times if you're making very, if if you're not making a lot of money, um, but you're happy and you feel valued, you know, you make it work. So then I think employees really feel like it's, if they're being invested in and cared about, that's huge. What can an employee do for themselves with this thinking along these same lines, because it's, it's easy nowadays for an employee just to look online and say, how do I know my corporate culture for this company is not good enough, but what can they do to help with the changes that need to be made? Yeah, it's, a, it's all in self-leadership. So leaders don't need to have a title, right? So we mm. do, when we do employee training, we talk about that. You know, if you be the change that you want to see. So if you're, if you're a Debbie Downer or a chronic complainer, stop. you know, do that at home, do whatever you need to do. But when it comes to the workplace, if you want to build a culture of community and caring, you got to stop complaining. And, you know, so we, and have a peer to peer partner. So sometimes we'll talk about have an accountability buddy, you know, and Mm -hmm. we'll assign people like you, you're going to commit to 
all right, I complain all the time. I always, you know, I complain about whatever, you name it. Well, this is your body. And every time you do that, they're going to call you out on it. So kind of creating that sense of we're peer to peer. We're here to help each other. We all want the same thing. Right. And and it's just having those accountability partners is, is a really big thing. And and the employee can set goals for themselves. I okay. want Just like you would if you want to lose weight or just like if you want to go back to school, right? Mm. Set a goal for yourself and set a plan. I'll be quite honest with you. My career field was not the corporate life. Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime I was involved in a corporate culture at all was because it was a secondary job that just helped me afford my career of being a performer. If you have somebody, though, who's in that job, who's in that lifestyle, what should they be looking for? They should be looking for uh, as far as as far as a company. What do you in terms of a positive corporate culture for them? Yeah, they they get a, they have to first look inside themselves and what what feeds them, right? Okay. So I'll give you an example. My daughter's twenty three, and she was working in social work, and she decided to go work for a very large financial company, which we all know. And she's like, "I'm going to go sell myself to I'm going to sell my soul to the corporate culture." <laughs> and you know, I said, "I don't, yeah, you know, I'm not sure about this because you're going to be sitting at a desk and you're going to be like it's nine to five at the desk." Right. And she has gone, she went and at first it's nine to five. And then she called me the other day and she said, mom, once I get through my 90 day probation, I can pick my shifts. And so she said, and I can apply for overtime. And so she's like, I can do my 5.30 AM to 1 PM and I can still have my day to do everything I want. Okay. And she can now start going back into the office. She gets fed by people. So to be by herself in her apartment, that doesn't feed her. Right. You know, so, so I think it, it's in, like for me, the last four days I haven't had a car, I've been stranded and I've been by myself oh, and man. I'm like climb, like climbing the walls. <laughs> I am like, to see people. I mean, I love zoom, but it's not the same. Right. Sure. And I was stranded somewhere that wasn't in my home. So I got home yesterday and I'm like, ha, oh, my kids are, my grandkids are here. Like my friends are down the street and it, it lifts up your mood. So I think people have got to look at what kind of culture feeds them. If they're a work hard culture, if they want, if they want that structure and they want, Hey, I want to know exactly what I'm going to be doing every single day. Look at that. If you need flexibility and you know, you need to have autonomy ask around, check Glassdoor, you know, check the reviews of the company before you go, go on, go on LinkedIn and connect with people that are actually working at that company that you're looking at and see if you can connect with them and just chat with them. So do your research before you head out into what you think is greener pastures. Cause a lot of times it's not. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to get a little personal here. Thinking of team building and getting a company like the one I'm a part of involved with a corporation, what kind of benefits do they actually see? Because I'll tell you, looking back on live events, you know, before the pandemic even occurred, you always get that initial as people are walking in the door, the eye roll, the (laughs) exasperated sigh of, oh, it's another one of these. Why is a company like the one I'm a part of and proud to be uh, uh, so important in corporate culture? It's so important. I love the eye roll because you know what's (laughs) what's awesome at the end? Yep. Oh my God, that went by so fast. That was so fun. We're done already. Yeah. I love the IRL. Bring it on. <laughs> um, you know, what happens is as long as you have follow-up, 
right? So you can, we personally, our company doesn't, we don't do eight hour training unless it's team building because that's that, that interactive, but everything else for us is broken up into two to three hour segments once a week over time. So we don't come in and do four days in a row of 32 hours of leadership, four days in a row. It doesn't stick. So developing the curriculum and developing the, the schedule so that you have, you have little snippets, that go down, you know, throughout the year. So it's, it's the ongoing training and development. That's what helps to really transform an organization. Um, so that's number one, the biggest benefit they have is retention and employees that are experiencing like with team bonding, if they, ha- they go through an experience together, right. They're like, remember that experience. Yeah. Last week I did a retreat for a client. And so we did, we went to a beautiful place in New Hampshire. It was gorgeous. And I sent them all out to do a walk and talk. And I'm like each, you know, it's on, in pairs and go out five minutes. One person talks about whatever you want for mm-hmm. five minutes. The next person, five minutes, see what you can learn about somebody in five minutes. So they all went out and they walked the beautiful grounds and it was gorgeous. They all came back in 10 minutes. And I'm like, what'd you learn? They're like, Oh my goodness. We learned so much. I'm like, how long did it take you? And they were like, 10 minutes. I'm like, mm-hmm. it doesn't take that long. <laughs> so I challenged them. I said, you know, have lunch, have coffee, do a zoom, do that exercise for 10 minutes, get to know your, your people. So, so you get camaraderie, you get shared experiences, you get retention. People are talking about how great they love working where they're working, how much they're cared about. So that attracts, that attracts uh, other employee, other professionals that want to come into that company. Hmm. So your hiring issues um, start to go away and your retention issues and profitability then goes, whoop, and that's what it's all about. Do you see any other benefits for the company besides just keeping your employees involved? Oh, your customers are happy. How so? Your, yeah. Well, if you have happy employees, it translates to your, your customers, okay. your customer loyalty, the whole thing. I mean, there's studies about that. You know, when you go to a restaurant and everyone has just been micromanaged and they're, mis- I used to work in hospitality and people are miserable. Like sure. there's a, you know, you can tell. And you go to a restaurant and people are happy. Hey, how's, you know, let me, let me help you. Let me take your order, you know, and having a good time. You, you know, it's, it's a good culture. Mm. Same thing. If you go into a bank, grocery store, Whatever it is, you can tell the vibe of a company by how happy and engaged their employees are. So by the, the, the other flip of the coin would be that if your employees are not happy, mm-hmm. then you have something to work on. Yes. Say I'm a manager who is thinking about maybe this is something my company needs. What should I be looking for? And, uh, and we're not talking about part of the mass exodus of employees. Right. But especially in a world today where, where we're still... I mean, how many percentage of, of employers are still online versus uh, some sort of hybrid? What do I need to be looking for to show that the culture is not working for my employees and that I need to make improvements? You can look at people that aren't doing anything extra. They're just doing what they're told they have to do. Okay. You can be looking at repeat orders from customers. You can be looking at your, you know, how many complaints you have, what your Google reviews are. Those are definitely things that you want to take a look at. You know, really how many, how much sick time, how much vacation time is being used. And that can be good and bad, right? So if someone's taking all their vacation time, it's because they want, they want to take advantage of it. Sure. If someone's using none, that's a flag as well. Cause they're afraid to, they might be afraid to take time off. Ah. So, so there, so really it's, it's looking at that. And, and then I think for the owners, you need to be looking at your managers. What tools have you equipped your managers with? Because have you promoted them from being, you know, a great 
you know, whatever, right? So whatever, they're great. So let's elevate you to management. What did you do to equip them to help to manage a team? And that's, those, those are things that, that you have to look at. What kind of things should they be looking for? They should be looking for managers that people want to come in and work and, and they are excited to come in to work. Managers that know their employees as people and the managers that don't give you, aren't giving you just lip service. Okay. Right? There's lots of people that know exactly what to say. <laughs> you know, like you come in, you're like, how can I help you today? It's so not sincere, right? You can yeah. hear it. You can, it's dripping, right? You know, versus, you know, how can I help you today? Same words. And, and it's, it's what that communication looks like. If there's a lot of backdoor communication, if you hear at meetings, you know, if you kind of have that little group of people in the back that are just kind of like, there's lots of signs that you can see and you can feel, I'm sorry, but you can feel a toxic environment and you can feel, you can feel it when employees aren't fully engaged and hybrid wise and virtually is hard, right? People can turn on their computers, the servers are on looking at their productivity and not everything's about productivity, but you know, when you call them, are they answering their phone? How are they answering their phone? And just asking a question, is the family okay? Are we seeing any benefits for the higher-ups as well with this oh, kind yeah. of process? Yeah, the higher-ups are, higher are going through a pretty big learning curve right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> they really are. They're, uh, the, the, uh, the executives are, as companies are losing people and they're losing good people, they've had to really take a, they've had to take a step back and do some evaluations. Those ones that were hardliners that we could not, we could never do remote work and we could never work, you know, mm-hmm. out, outside the office are now, wow, I, we can. There are some though that are, that are not learning their lesson and they'll learn it because they're not going to, you know, either A, they won't be around because the company's going to go under or B, they're going to lose a lot of their people and they're going to have a little bit of a revolt. But higher ups are also, I think, because the mental health awareness and everything else that's, everything's being kind of brought to light, right. um, they're becoming more human and becoming more, a lot of them are becoming more accessible. Excellent. I, mm-hmm. hope, th- I hope that's true. Yeah, seems to be. <laughs> good, good, good. Because I was going to say, I mean, we, we've been dealing with the great resignation for months now. Are mm-hmm. we starting to see a change in that? Is there, is there any sign that it's either slowing or reversing? No, I don't see that right now because everything's so up in the air. Okay. And no one has really figured out this back to work thing. Right. Uh, so, you know, and, we're doing a lot of workshops on back, to, you know, back to work and how to navigate this ever changing environment. So. Yeah, because it's it still must be so hard because we don't even know we're not even getting positivity from either the state, local or, or federal governments as to what we need to do to maintain safety. Yeah, yeah. Else. We were having this conversation about the, the mask mandates, which is fine, you know, but sure, there was one sure. there was one city that had a mask mandate. They had to wear masks inside, except if you're getting your hair done. And I'm thinking to myself. But you're breathing on the hairdresser. That is a weirdly specific <laughs> incident. <laughs> Does that make sense? So that's it, right? So now going back to office in May, we saw we heard going back to the office is going to be you know we're, we don't wear your mask as long as you're vaccinated, blah blah blah, right? right. But now the back to office is oh you can we're coming back to the office, but now you have to wear masks. That in and of itself changes the culture of a company. Doors are closed because people don't want to wear their masks. So then you have closed doors versus open doors. It, it, the whole the whole thing it it, it changes everything. Mm. So 
let's try to wrap up here, Sandy, with something a little more positive that we can leave That's, people with. Sounds good. What are you seeing as the most positive outcome of all of this, even if we're talking about a year from now or two? I think the human, the humanness of it all, the connections that people are making and that they're, that the levels of communication and how much open discussion we're having uh, as humans is probably going to be the po- most positive outcome that you, we see here. Do you think corporations are going to get a lot, they're, they're going to be built more on empathy and sympathy than they are on just the bottom line and putting the, you know, the nose to the grindstone as it were? You know what? Those companies that do build a company on that are going to have huge profitability. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time, give a big round of applause for Sandy Kearney. That's actually a small group of people I'm going to keep trapped under my desk just to applaud you, Sandy. Thank you. But I take good care of them, and I know all their names. So that's that's important. (laughs) But, Sandy, real quick before we actually move on here, can you tell everybody where they can find you if they're looking for you? Sure. Our website is uh, hpowersolutions.com, and it's S. Kearney, K-E-A-R-N-E-Y, at hpowersolutions.com. And our number is 617-575-9959. And follow me on LinkedIn because I'm very interesting to follow on LinkedIn. Excellent. Thank you. I actually just started doing that with you today. But yes. (laughs) My motorcycle posts. You'll love them. (laughs) You do have some very fascinating articles on your LinkedIn, I will say. Oh, but Sandy, as much as I have enjoyed this, I was telling you in the beginning before we started that, unfortunately, I got to kind of put you on the hot seat here because it is time for my speed round. All right. All right. Once again, the way this works is you're going to have 60 seconds to answer just a bunch of really silly questions. The most silly questions that I can possibly ask you. The objective is you want to actually come up with the shortest answers you can. Something, you know, that's just right off the top of your head. If you're feeling competitive at all, uh, the number to beat is going to be 13. So if you can get through 13 answers, you're going to tie. So if you go for 14, that's when you're going to win. All right. All right. If you are ready, once we hear the music, I'll ask you the first question and away we go. What's your name? Andy. How many kids do you have? Three. Which one's your favorite? Lucas. Oh, you actually, I'm getting answers. That's amazing. Um, if you could have dinner with anyone from history, who would it be? Mother Teresa. Oh, wonderful. Uh, name one choice that you regret. Getting married. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite children's book? Uh, the Giving Tree. Excellent. Would you call yourself a leader or a follower? A leader. How many pets do you own? One. Dog or cat? Dog. Who would you like to see play you in the movie of your life? Sandra Bullock. Excellent. What's the most courageous thing you've ever done? Skydive. If you could live in a different state, what would it be? Oregon. What living person other than family members do you admire the most? Uh, uh, Kim Kardashian. I'll give it to you, even though that's a (laughs) shameful answer. No, I'm just kidding. Well done. Well done. Are you ready for this, Sandy? Are you ready? Here it is. 13. You tied. You tied for our top of the season. Which means you have beat groups of people in this game. So excellent job. Thank you. 
Thank you one more time, Sandy Kearney, for coming on. It, it meant the world to me to have you actually here being part of this conversation. And we hope to hear from you again as things continue on to see how well things have turned out. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. And thank you, my friends, one more time. That's it. We've reached the end of another episode of Team Building Saves the World. If you have enjoyed this show and want to hear more things like this, please feel free to find us on teambonding.com forward slash podcast, or you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. We are there. There are uh, so many different types of social media you can find us upon at Team Bond Podcast. So just look for us there. And if you guys leave a message, I'm actually still looking for messages that I can replay and talk about right here on this show. So maybe you could be the first one to get that. So my friends, if you've enjoyed the show, please, whether you're brand new or you've been a longtime fan, tell your friends, tell everyone you know. We would love for you to be able to share the information we've shared with you today. But until next time, one and all, always remember that no matter where you are, if you are within the sound of my voice, you're on my team now, and I am forever going to be on yours. You take care of you see each other, my friends, and I'll see you next time. said that you learn more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. So why not put your co-workers to play with the help of the team at Team Bonding? Team Bonding was founded over 20 years ago with one simple question. How can employees have a great time while fostering strong, authentic bonds between people who work together? Their catalog of innovative events includes scavenger hunts, Jeopardy, and much more. Each activity, whether live, virtual, or hybrid, maximizes the impact of team building with an accent on fun. Visit teambonding.com to schedule your event now. Team Bonding, when you want seriously fun results.